Well, again, welcome to church. We're glad you guys took some time out of your weekend to join us. Uh, we, twice a year, uh, take time to look back on what God has done and look ahead to where we believe God is leading us to go. And so uh, this is going to be a service where we are going to give a lot of information about what God's done and what we're seeing him do. But we want to invite you into several moments of prayer uh, because we have some incredible news to share, some guests that we want you to meet uh, that we've been a part of as well throughout this time. And so it will be unique. Uh, and then next week we get into finally after a much longer break than I had anticipated, the second part of the book of Acts for the rest of summer, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're calling it Church in the Wild as we see the church move from being gathered to scattered to the ends of the earth, and so I can't wait to talk to you about that next week, but would you welcome uh, someone that I think is at least Reedville famous. This is the one and only, the one and only Pastor Austin Barnett. Can we put our hands yeah. together for him? Yeah, I was just I was just back there. You know what I was thinking about? I, I really like these uh, Sundays. That we get to do this? Yeah, we need like a little couch, though. And we It'd could be nice. Be, be like a, you know, David Letterman style. Like, I don't know who the person is now. That, that, I don't that could get, yeah, I don't know. Is there late night TV anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I don't stay awake I long enough. So, But <laughs> as I was saying, I love this because the uh, what, uh, what I'm up here to help uh, go over sort of is kind of our numbers, like where are we at, what are we doing, and this is things that we look at as a staff, uh, we pray about every day, every week, every, I mean, it's, all, but, but I love it when we get to share that with you guys, because you're we, the reason it happens, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's why we do what we do, and I love yeah. it, yeah, I mean, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the numbers first, then we're going to talk about missions second, and then we've got the what's next stuff going on at the very end, so uh, there's several numbers that are kind of lag measures that look at the health of a church. Numbers don't tell the whole story, uh, but we do want to be aware of how things are going uh, when it comes to our evangelism efforts, when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to people taking next steps to grow and mature in their faith. So kind of walk us through the year so far. What, what's been All right, going on? so so far this year we've had uh, 28 baptisms. Yeah. Woo, that's great. Uh, we've had 26 salvations this year. People making professions of faith. It's um, awesome. And as always, uh, Four Points people just continue to crazily impress everyone we talk to or anything because we've had 320 first-time guests this year. Wow. And that's, that's not because of Pastor Russ or me or anyone. It's because of all of y'all. It's all of us. We're, you invite people. Uh, we get first-time guest surveys back all the time. And ma majority of them say they were invited to church because of a friend, uh, not because they, you know, her heard about this barefoot preacher that, you know, was over on the 101s, Overrated. you know, that doesn't live in Woodruff, you know, I, yeah. I'm trying to throw yeah. all those in there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. S second time guest this year of those 320, we've had 164 come back. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Um, we've also had uh, a group season this spring, which, you know, last year we spent the majority of the year trying to tell people the importance of being in a group and finding the community. And so our spring groups, we had 29 spring groups, wow. and that was 154 Great. people. That's just amazing yeah. for a church our size. And then we did a little class season here that's wrapping up this week, and we had two classes. Um, and we have 45 people do those classes, so yeah. those, those have been really good. Yeah. Next, we'll talk about. You, you had to bring a diet coke. Well, I was make. I, I wanted to see if I had permission to bring diet I coke. I want to invite the uh. entire church to lay hands on Austin, uh. and we're going to pray the spirit of diet coke off of him. He. I tell you, it's it's a problem. Yep. You couldn't. Well, you couldn't do. A, I've a got a second one for the second service too. You Don't worry. A, okay. All right. I got a refrigerator full back there somewhere. <laughs> Um, let's see. So attendance-wise, I did a quarterly chart here to kind of show where we were first quarter of 22. We uh, were averaging, I can't even see what that number was, 358 in the first quarter of 2022. And that's every quarter till the second quarter, which we're averaging 551. So wow. that's a pretty good yeah. increase there. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got our kids, which uh, kids have kind of been pretty steady those that looks crazy but from 154 down to uh 138 is our average in may was our average in may i, I don't know what happened I, I think some kids like travel baseball travel baseball yeah, you know it's a problem all those you know 
We're also going to pray that that would uh, be restricted to Friday night and Saturdays in just a minute. Yes. It's great. Yeah. So kids continue to be about 25% of our church, fifth grade and under, which is uh, a huge gift for us to know that we get the opportunity collectively as a community to be a part in shaping and raising a generation to be kingdom citizens, to walk out the gospel in a way that would hopefully impact their local school systems. Uh, One of my favorite things to, I, I was a student pastor by choice. I was a church planner and a past senior pastor by God told me I had to kind of thing. And the thing I love is seeing teenagers on their faith at a young age and carry the gospel into places where we're not allowed to go. And I think that's what's incredible to watch right now is we've got this opportunity with this generation to see them taking steps of owning and growing in their faith. Our kid team does such an incredible job of teaching them the Bible, of helping them to get the big ideas at an early age down, and then to build on those ideas so that by the time they're in fifth and sixth grade, they're actually wrestling with daily devotion. And what does it look like for them to to fellowship with God in the Word and to memorize and enact the Word and allow it to seep down into their soul to where it carries over into their actions so it's not just things that we know up here, but it's things that have transformed not only our minds but our hands in the way that we view time. And so I just am appreciative of uh, the kid team. They are all uh, bivocational, which means they have a job that pays them money outside of here, and they do this because they love it and they work together. And so can we put our hands together for our kid team? Here at the church. Yes. I, I second all of that. All that? Yeah, all amen. That, that was an amen. As a former kids person, uh, kids pastor, I, You're with it. I'm with it. Love and it. And I'm glad there's people that do that now. So. <laughs> I could see the passion yes. for it coming out. I, I used to be there. I used to be there. But years ago. But now let's talk a little bit about our giving as a church. Uh, from January to May, you've given... Uh, donated to Four Points, $276,309. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. In a little bit, you're going to find out some more as uh, Pastor Russ gets into our mission uh, segment. He's going to talk about where some of that money's gone. And um, so what's that look like kind of as an average from where we were uh, at the beginning of 2022? The next slide shows a quarterly average. Oh, and let me tell you one thing. If you kind of like, oh, I wonder what that was, uh, scan that QR code. All these slides are on that QR code. So just a shameless plug for the you QR code. Check so it you out. You can check it out. All right. Read it all week. Uh, so back in the beginning of 2022, our quarterly average, this is weekly average. We were averaging about $9,100. And then currently in 2023, second quarter, we're averaging $13,100. So it's a good little increase there. Uh, and that's because of your faithful giving and people stepping up. And just as important as the dollar amount, and probably more important in my eyes, is the number of giving units. That's how churches track sort of their growth and the trajectory. And so we track giving units too as well. So and you can see in the first quarter, and a giving unit is a family or a person or just, you know, if you give together, then that's one unit. So we track that. And so when you can see in the first quarter of 22, we were averaging 66 giving units per week, so 66 people or 66 families giving. And we've been, or we had a goal when Pastor Russ uh, work, uh, started here, we had a goal of less, we would love to get to 100 giving units a week. And so we got there, and then currently in the second quarter, we're down a little bit to 98, but we're real close you to You know that why, goal. right? Travel baseball. Myr- Myrtle Beach. Oh, Myrtle Beach. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Myrtle Beach, Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. Myrtle Mur- Beach. We're glad those of you that went have made it back safely. We did last week. We went to Garden City because we're bougie. Uh. It's a little bit fancier. Yeah. Like so uh, you kind of get an idea of the numbers. Numbers are not the thing that you know, we sit around all the time and talk about, but they do give us lag measures on the health of our church. The question we've asked really over the last quarter of this year has been asking you to consider where God would have you be. I know that's a hard question, it's a unique question that churches will ask, but if you're a follower of Jesus, just once again, last time you're going to hear me say this, we believe that you don't pick a church, but God has gifted you and will lead you to be a part of a local church so that collectively you can profess the gospel together. And so the question we've been asking is, why this church if this is the church you're going to come to? And if so, how is God equipped? How is God leading you to get connected and get involved? And so we would just encourage you uh, to consider some ways in which you can take a next step into being a part of this body as we seek to serve our community in the name of Jesus. Uh, we have membership classes coming up. 
For those of you that want to make this your church home, we have plenty of needs in serving. Again, 25% of our church is fifth grade and under, which means we need people that are willing to watch and, more importantly, disciple and teach kids the Bible. Uh, obviously through giving and obviously through the group season, which we'll talk about coming up here in the fall. We'd love for you to get into community groups there. Pastor Austin, we love you. Thank you for everything that you do. Can we give it up for him one more time? I love you guys as well. Now, uh, I really want to get to this next part because one of the big passions when I got to come in and start here was to build a missions department. It's been messy. We've got a missions team that at times has probably had a dartboard with my face on it because it's been tough to try and figure out how to integrate and get missions going. And so I want to give you some numbers, but I really want to introduce you to some missionaries that are here. So let me go quickly here. Uh, a portion of your giving, uh, when you give in the general offering, goes straight to missionaries and mission organizations around the world. And so the next slide we have is an update on that. I think it's actually the Great Commission. I wanted to read that here. You got that for me? Um, and so look, as a people, we are a sent people. Uh, missionaries are not people that don't live in America and they go to another country. Uh, missionaries are people who have met Jesus, been filled with his Holy Spirit, and have been sent by this commission to live in their lives as an ambassador for Christ. Uh, you are called to live as a missionary. You represent a kingdom that is foreign to the soil in which you walk. And it's our job to prioritize God's kingdom agenda within the life we live, within the work we do, within the family and relationships we Build. So Jesus, after his resurrection, gathered a group of disciples. It says in Matthew chapter 28 that in the gathering, even though they had seen him risen, some still doubted. So doubts do not discount the call for you to be on mission for the kingdom of God. There is a mystery to God. There's a mystery in following God. And there are going to be times in your life where you will not always understand what God is up to in the mystery of what he is doing in your life. But God gave us this commission so that in spite of the doubts and in spite of the challenges we face, we would know that there is a purpose to our time and there is a meaning to the suffering that we endure in the path of long-observed obedience for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. So missions is not a department of the church. Mission is the church, and we are to represent Christ on mission around the world. And part of what we do through our giving and through what we're trying to do in sending you is to help you form a worldview that understands God is way bigger than you have estimated him to be. He is way more powerful than you've ever understood him to be, and he is at work in places that you never dreamed he would be. And so in Matthew chapter 28, we get this commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, since it's on my call, since it's my decision, since it's under my name, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you and be sure of this. I, in this effort, in this calling, am with you always, even to the end of the age. With that, we've been trying to build a uh, department that would galvanize and catalyst mission within our church. This is the impact we've seen over the last six months. Some of the things that we've been a part of, uh, we've got to sponsor 65 kids uh, at Christmas through your efforts and generosity, through D5, a really incredible program that's going on there. We did several school outreaches and breakfast to honor teachers and to try and convince them that this was a call of God and they shouldn't quit. It's about a 50% success rate so far. Uh, we actively were doing the Feed the Future backpacks. That was sending meals to kids who likely go without a meal on the weekend home with enough food to uh, have a few meals over that weekend. Uh, we were doing, I think it was around 300 of those a week this year. Uh, so it was 1,100 bags packed. Uh, that we were sending to the schools. Love Week sponsorship at Burns High School. It's a big week where they have a faith emphasis where the students lead it, and we bought all the pizza and T-shirts and some of that stuff for that week at Burns. Uh, we uh, got some plane tickets for some missionaries that found out on a few days' notice they had to get out of town. And because of your generosity, we have a 911 savings in our missions account, and we were able to use that and some additional savings because you've been giving uh, above budget to help them get to where they needed to go. And then we've been serving at the Woodruff Clothing Closet every Saturday. Uh, people in our church have been serving that ministry in our community. We've done a lot of outreach, more to come. 
If you're interested in that, uh, you can always get some info about it, but we send texts to this outreach team every time we have an opportunity come up. We'll be working in schools at the end of summer to get books and classrooms set back up. Uh, It gives us a chance to walk the halls of the schools and pray uh, over those schools before school ever starts back. We'd love for you to be a part of that. On top of that, uh, next thing we got. Uh, this is the giving that's come from your gifts so far this year. Almost $30,000 that we've given to mission efforts, mission partners around. We can put our hands together for that. <laughs> Introduce you to where that money's going and the impact it's making. The Ramos family in Thailand, they've planted the first Christian church in a village of 10,000. Uh, and they've just started this, another church in another village of 10 that's never had. About 12,000 in that village, actually that they are working in. Yeah, uh, Keem Smith and his wife Jamie have planted a church in Oakland, California, and some of your giving is impacted there. Jason Reed's down in Piedmont, South Carolina, and uh, has planted a church called Church at Piedmont Mill, and they just launched and are doing great. Uh, Lucas Vanderwalker, who's over D5 and D6 FCA, I'm going to be speaking at the FCA wrestling camp coming up this week. Would appreciate your prayers for that. And then Austin and Merrill O'Donnell, who we've got a team going to at the end of July to serve their community uh, in a very tough, tough area in Baltimore, Maryland. So some of that giving's gone to those people, but I want to introduce you as they come to the Smiths, who are part of Crew and are just come back uh, from Turkey. This is exciting. This is what I really wanted to get to today. Um, So uh, this is Harrison and Lauren Smith, and we have been uh, a part of their, I guess, uh, army of supporters uh, over the last year or year and a half, maybe. Uh, And it's quite a crazy story. I want to get out of the way of it. So could you take us back to 2020 and kind of bring us forward to how we got here today? Uh, Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, my wife and I and our three kids, uh, at the time we had two, we've been serving in China for about 12 years. Um, we actually met in China, uh, and, uh, at the end of 2019, early 2020, um, our organization was beginning to split into a, a local ministry. We're raising up locals to work ourselves out of a job, which is what our ultimate goal is in the Great Commission, to raise up disciples who make disciples. Yeah. And so as we are preparing to separate as a ministry, uh, to, to turn over leadership to the locals, uh, COVID breaks out, as you're all aware, in 2020. And at that time, we had organizational conferences and meetings down in Thailand, outside of China. And we had left our apartment. We'd packed for three weeks, maybe two weeks uh, of conferences and a couple of days of vacation. And during that time, again, COVID breaks out. And now we're stuck out of China. China's closed. We can't go back in. And our dog, our vehicle, our house, our apartment, everything is still there in China. And so uh, we're in Thailand with our organization, and a couple weeks go by, and we're trying to buy time to be able to get back, and we're thinking, this is going to blow over. Any day, right? Tomorrow, we'll go back to China. Airbnb hopping, hopping, hotels, (laughs) waiting and waiting, and generous supporters helping provide for stuff like that. And then uh, March 20 of 2020, uh, our organization makes a decision there's no way China's opening back up soon. Let's just all go back to America. We'll regroup, and we'll come back in a couple of months. Uh, uh, and so uh, we, left, uh, we left China. We left Thailand. We left Asia uh, with just uh, one check bag and, and kids <laughs> and thinking, uh, what are you doing, Lord? Yeah. What, we have given our hearts, our lives to you. You owe us, or we expect a certain level of protection or comfort, and the Lord says, I am the Lord, uh, you are not. And so let my mm-hmm. wife update you on an extra part of our family in that time. Also at that time, um, so we had began in 2019 to adopt a son who is still in China, and um, we were really excited. So we landed in Thailand on January 10th, and on January 15th, we finally got our letter of acceptance, which meant that China had finally officially given us our son and that we would be traveling within six to eight weeks to bring him home. And so as COVID's breaking out, we're also like, wait, like we have to get back in. He's still there. Um, and the funny thing was my mom was, had flown over with her best friend and was staying with us, helping with the kids. And we're eating at dinner one night and she's like, oh, how far is Benaya, our son's orphanage from Wuhan? And we're like, oh, not like, he's like, whole other area of the world and Harrison's like wait 
is he? And so I look it up, and it was 100 miles between mm. Wuhan and the orphanage he was in. Um, and so as we're boarding the plane in March of 2020 headed to America, we also were feeling like we're losing the son that we've received pictures of and we've prayed about, and we really feel like the Lord is saying, this is your son. Mm. We had been told there was no chance we would get him by his birthday from our adoption agency. And they had told every step of the way, they said, oh, if this happens by this date, then there's a chance. And so we celebrated his birthday in Thailand thinking like, oh, we're going to get him. We were still yeah. like, even early March, like we're going to fly tomorrow and go get him. And it just wasn't the Lord's plan. Mm. Um, so we flew back to America in March of 2020. Harrison is from North Carolina. And so we spent our first six weeks um, living with his parents there. Um, his mom and dad graciously moved in with his uncle because I think everyone thought we would have COVID <laughs> because we were coming from <laughs> From <Asia>. China. <laughs> um, and then in um, the beginning of May, we transitioned to Selma, Alabama, which is where I live. And we were living with my parents, and then we were starting to transition to living with my sister. And then on June 9th of 2020, Harrison was out running. Um, he had become quite a runner. <laughs> All the, everywhere we go, it's kind of like, oh, you don't know if there's a gym there, but you can always run. And so he was out running when a man pulled up in a van behind him and opened fire and um, withstood five gunshot wounds across his lower half of his body. And... Um, was sent to Birmingham, Alabama, to UAB, where we were told he would probably never walk again. And um, at that point, it was like, okay, God, like, you took our son away, you took our home away, like, yeah. what's happening here? Like, is this, are we living the life of Job? Like, mm. are, are we going to, I was at the time six months pregnant with our third daughter, and so I'm, like, stressed, like, oh, no, is like, are we about to start losing our kids now, too? Um, what, what are you doing? What is this that you've got happening in our lives? Uh, but let me share with you that the Lord is still good and that he reconciles, he heals. Uh, so uh, obviously in the South and in Alabama there, um, yeah, the history, especially in Selma, uh, between race relations is not great. Um, but the Lord has used this opportunity to heal that and heal the, heal the town and the area. Uh, so... Um, the young man who shot me uh, was African-American, but his mom uh, worked in town and uh, happened to be somebody that had done banking with my wife's family. And so she came to uh, my in-law's office and said, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to do. My, my church is shut down for COVID. My pastor lives an hour away. What, I don't know what to do. How, can you please pray for me? Can you help me? And so the secretary there took her to meet our pastor um, and he was began loving on her and bringing her meals and just share, showing care for her. And then my parents had driven down from North Carolina, and I'm still in the hospital having surgeries. And then at church on Sunday, uh, his mom, the guy that shot me, my mom, were there, got to hug and just mm -hmm. tell him and the community how much we love him, how much we're still praying for his salvation. Yeah. Every night our kids pray for Mr. Chad's salvation. Um, and, and so the Lord began using mm -hmm. some of that to heal social things and the town as he's began healing our lives uh, in our hearts and my body. Uh, and so as we began looking forward to next steps, our family has a, uh, a value, a family value that is our, our default. We all have family defaults, but our default is to go unless God clearly says stay. Yeah. And so some people say, well, I'll go if God calls me, otherwise I'm going to stay here. And, and, you know, God leads everybody in different ways, but our default is to go. And so as we're thinking about this next step, we began doing research on where are some of the least reached places in the world because China wasn't open still. And so we began doing research, and we found out in Turkey that 0.01% uh, of people are Christians. That means if you're interested in Jesus, you grew up Muslim, but now you're interested in who Jesus is as Lord, on average, you would have to meet 15,000 people before you met another Christian. And so in a country of 84 million people, there are 5,000 Christians. Wow. 
right. How can you not be compelled by that? Yeah. Uh, and so as we began doing research, we thought about asking lots of questions with our, with our leadership and thought, how can we get there? You yeah. know, what, what needs to be done? How can I heal? How can the Lord restore our body, our kids, get us there? Uh, and so in the process, as we began preparing for that at the end of 2022, uh, Allison, who is a member here, Gosnell, um, reached out to us and was like, hey, we are setting up a missions committee. I, I knew you from school. We kind of crossed paths. And she's like, we would love to hear more about what you're doing and, and partner with you. And we're like, you got to be kidding me, right? Lord, what? This was a, a blessing out of nowhere. Um, again, the, the things that we think uh, God is messing up, he is establishing his steps, yeah. right? Our, and establishing our ways. Wow. Um, and, and, and so we're like, what? You know, okay, yeah, here's what's going on. We kind of started sharing our letters we sent out each month. Um, and then as we reported to Turkey, um, it wasn't easy. Um, and uh, there were things, uh, the Lord was at work for sure. Uh, there's a church uh, plant there that the pastor is Turkish and he is reaching the locals and we're partnering with him. Uh, sharing the gospel, discipling people there, um, and, and, and uh, bringing the lost to hear the gospel preached each Sunday, uh, which is a blessing to get to do because, uh, again, there's nobody else. Uh, okay. And so I encourage you to consider that uh, while we're standing here. Um, and then, uh, so, I mean, like, go ahead, yes. Be a nap. Okay. Uh, and uh, some therapy sure. after hearing, you know, everything that's happened to this point. Uh, for a lot of us that aren't ge- geographically blessed with kind of you know, China's a little bit different than Turkey, so <laughs> right? Completely different culture, mm-hmm. different language. You guys are trying to now learn a new language in a new season, a new place, and mm-hmm. then things take a turn there. Yeah. So we um, were taking classes, trying to learn the language. We actually, everyone laughed at us, but it was probably a month into living in Turkey that we found out of a freshman student who had last minute been accepted into our university but had nowhere to live, and we had a guest room, and so he moved in with us and became, like, our live-in Turkish teacher that would help. Be like, oh, that's a culture no-no to do, which we did a lot of them. Um, and it was really cool to get to walk through life with him living in our home with us. But then in January of 2023, we went in to renew our residence permits. Um, Turkey has started only issuing six-month increments for your first two residence permits, and then after you'd been in Turkey for a year, they would give you a long-term residence permit. And so we kind of arrived, we were told this, like, oh, this is normal, okay. We got a residence permits, we bought a car, our girls were going to a Turkish school, everything seemed to be going really well. And then we showed up at our appointment, and the guy had even said, like, oh, y'all have already paid tuition for the next year for your girls' school. Then we'll try and give you an 18-month residence permit. We're like, yes, this is going great. And then he asked, started asking for some things that we didn't have and it wasn't possible to have. And the main one was we had to have a bank account in Turkey for at least six months. And at this point, we've only been in Turkey for seven months. And... <laughs> We didn't get, you had to have your residence permit card in order to open a bank account. It was this whole messed up system in a sense. And um, so he took Harrison aside into a different office and then handed him a piece of paper. And on the paper it said, you are denied and you have 10 days to leave the country. Um, And so we were told that we could come back in on tourist visas and try to work our way around the system. And so we started looking at, okay, we've got 10 days to get out of here. What are we doing? Where are we going? Most countries all around Turkey have a whole other language that we don't know. Um, And I think it just happened that Allison reached out the day that we were denied and was like, how's it going? We're like, well, (laughs) actually, (laughs) or I think like our prayer calendar had, oh, we have our appointment today. And so she asked how it was. We're like, well, we were actually denied. Mm -hmm. Um, And so four points, y'all really, really blessed us and helped Um, it seemed like the only option was to go somewhere that we already were familiar with, um, in a sense of just overwhelmed. Our kids are all crying. We're all like, what is God doing again? And to be able to go back to Thailand where we were familiar, we knew what restaurants to go and eat at. We had a counseling center that we got to go to and do a crisis debrief as our family was living in crisis mode at that point. Um, And so it was a really big blessing that y'all helped cover our flights to make that possible for us to go and kind of 
then re-entered Turkey with a plan. And our plan was, okay, we have 90 days, then we'll leave again, and then we'll come back in for another 90 days, and then we'll reapply. And in that time, we'd be putting the required money into a bank account. We thought it was all worked out. It was like, oh, this is just a hiccup in our plan. And then um, it was about a month that we were there that Harrison went into the immigration office and we were told, no, you have to leave the country for three months and then come back in and reapply that we couldn't do back to back tourist visas. And at this point, our kids had kind of, we'd started to realize more of how all of the trauma of the past few years was really affecting them. And it wasn't, they were starting to get, um, emotional disorder kind of diagnosis of just like being overwhelmed and needing more stability in their lives. And so as we prayed about it and we started looking at, okay, can someone hire us and us go as a work visa or can one of us become a college student again (laughs) at the age of 35 (laughs) and become students? And then it seemed like every avenue we sought after, it was like, oh, you can become a student but only you can stay here. Your wife and kids have to leave. Or, oh, you can get a work visa, but your kids can't get a work visa. Or, oh, your kids can be students, but then you have to leave them with someone. It just felt like every avenue we sought after wasn't working. And so that's kind of when we felt like the Lord was clearly directing us of, oh, we've always wanted to go unless he was calling us back. And it was the Lord saying, hey, y'all need to go back to a more stable environment for a season. And you need to be here in America and do ministry, still international ministry or local ministry, but from America where our kids can kind of heal from all of the trauma of the years. So it was, uh, okay, no China. So start start over in a pandemic in Alabama for a minute, but then we're going to go to Turkey. But then Turkey, uh, no. So then we're going to start over and come back stateside. And we're only a week, two weeks, three weeks into this? Two, Two and a half weeks back. Two and a half weeks back. Right. And I know you've got it all figured out, and the Lord took all the pain, and you've got an answer for how he's used all of it for his glory, and you're good in that. Uh, but what's next? You know, like, where, where are we at today? Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, so let me, let me say this. Um, if you became a Christian for your life to be easy or to fix all your problems or to solve all of your financial issues, uh, somebody lied Bad to move. you. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen. Um, it, it could, but it probably, you know... That's not a guarantee. And so um, I think the hope that we have, that we've held on to, uh, are two things. One is our family uh, Bible verse is Acts 20, 24. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, I count my life as no value to ourselves, uh, but that we may finish the course, the calling that was set before us to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so wherever we are, if it's Thailand, if it was China, if it's Turkey, if we were traveling, uh, wherever, France, uh, America, um, that's where our, our heart is. Um, and even when it's not clear, uh, recently the Lord has been speaking, me, speaking to me through Psalm 18 and verse 30 says that I know that the way of the Lord is right yeah. and we can trust in that. And so even when we don't know what's in front of us, we don't know what's best for our kids right now. We don't know what's going to happen with our adoption. We keep getting uh, maybe, maybe this week, and who knows, then it kind of gets shot down. Maybe this, and, and it, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. Um, and so many of you are dealing with difficult things. Probably all of you are dealing with something that's difficult, and, and we recognize that. And our story isn't worse than any other story. We all have our own stories of how God is working in our lives. And, yeah. and so for us, we're trying to figure out how we can stay connected to the international mission field um, but do so from a place that offers some stability for our family that yeah. is much needed now. And so our organization uh, offers uh, coaching, offers um, international care for staff who are overseas, who were in positions like we were, that we can, we can fly over, we can Zoom, we can provide for needs for them, much like church does and, and, and other organizations, uh, to make sure they can stay on the field longer. We can kind of get resources, provide things, also generate partner, new partnerships where there are other countries where there are equally or or fewer Christians that can reach the non-Christians. Um, so we're working with the organization to figure that out. Also, local churches uh, have uh, in, uh, shown interest in, in, in hiring us and sending out as, as, as missions pastors or discipleship. Um, so the Lord is still at work, and we're excited for what he has for us. And, and be sure we will keep you updated as we, yeah. as we move forward. And I love that psalm, and I think you were talking about the wrestling match of do I believe this? Right now, based on what I can see circumstantially in my life, do I believe 
that God's plan, that God's work is, is good. And I, I, I think it's such an incredible challenge for our church. Um, we have fallen in love through the newsletters as a missions team, and we've been trying to share some of that with you as a congregation um, about the Smiths. I, I think this, this is, you've been blessed by hearing this story, by hearing what God's done in their life. Amen. Um, any of us being challenged to be a little bit more grittier and a little bit more risky in our faith for the Lord this week, right, within our context? Um, you guys have come back, and I know you're trying to rebuild and uh, fill a house with furniture since I don't think everything from Turkey comes back. And um, I, We heard there's a car need that's there, and a few months ago, without knowing, we had someone that came and offered us a car as a church, and so we just want to um, give you a car today and bless you guys. Uh, and then we got a picture. There she is. She's out front. Um, we, uh, because, of, because of your giving, yeah, because of your giving, uh, we overhauled the car. It's been completely mechanically redone, uh, and we are praying to God that it will go 200,000 miles, and you'll pass it down to your daughters, and they'll like, all learn to drive on it and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I, I just want to, feel, I feel compelled to say to you, there's going to be a day soon. Uh, where we're going to stand before Jesus. And our hope in that day is that by the work of Jesus and the work of his Holy Spirit, we're going to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I think it's tough at times when you transition. I can relate to that, that you don't expect to transition in. And I think sometimes it's good to encourage each other in the words of, for this season, uh, it has not been wasted. And I think on behalf of what God has done through you, well done, good and faithful servants. Uh, may you take this next season... Uh, with confidence that he's with you, with confidence that he's at work. Uh, yeah, and let, let me end by saying this. Uh, Paul writes this letter to the Philippians in chapter 1. Uh, he says, I thank my God in all of my remembrance of you, always in every prayer, prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And, and just how thankful we are for the blessing that Four Points has been to us and um, I'm sure to other missionaries and others in the community. So uh, don't quit, please. If anything, multiply those numbers. Um, yeah. I promise you, you it, it won't be wasted. Uh, yeah. Even if you don't see it in this life, it'll be riches to come, Ephesians 1 tells us. So, so please, Amen. please. Yeah. Well, can we pray a prayer of blessing over the Smiths? Would you join me in doing that? If you're comfortable, I'd invite you to extend a hand towards them. Uh, Pastor Austin, you want to come uh, up here with us and pray? Yeah. Well, Father, we uh, come before you as a faith family, uh, encouraged, challenged, burdened for the Smiths. Uh, it is our desire in any way that we can uh, to divide what lies ahead to be less burdensome on them. And we ask your blessings over their life. We pray that they would see your goodness in the land of the living, that they would see your favor in the next season as you open doors, and that it would bring joy, that it would bring gratitude from them. I thank you for the wrestling match that they are working through and trusting in your word when sometimes the circumstances seem to contradict what we read on the page. God, we, we trust the, the hurt in their hearts, the grief that's delayed, and the grief that they are experiencing in their life through um, the challenges of advancing your gospel. And uh, we pray, God, specifically for their daughters, that you would uh, cover them in your grace, that you would take what perhaps would be a concern or a worry as a parent for your child and turn it into something that you work for good that would build their character on Christ and their confidence in him. God, we lift Benaniah to you because you know him. You've knit him together. You have a purpose and a plan for his life. And God, we don't know the plan ahead, but I pray that you would keep their hearts soft towards your future plan in his life and it intersecting theirs. We pray that you would give them hope that would stare at the face of what people would say is no reason for it and that it would be rooted in the fact that you are with them in every step that they are about to take. And so, Lord, we just ask your blessings over the, the adoption process, over the next steps, and we uh, just pray God a blessing over the Smiths in Jesus' name. It's in his name we pray. All God's people say, amen. amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you're glad you came to church. Can you take a little bit more? Just a little bit more. Uh, what's next at Four Points? 
what's going on next. Well, let me give you a few things. You're going to see this. We're going to go really quick. we got a night of worship coming up this summer where we're going to go through, yeah, we're going to work through a psalm. I, I, we're trying something. We don't, know if it's gonna, we don't know how this is going to work. We're going to work straight through a psalm and sing songs that relate to what we're reading in the text. So we're going to spend a night in this one specific psalm uh, that we're going to study together that night. Our students are going to summer camp. You can start praying for them that lives will be changed as they go to Look Up Lodge. We've got a mission trip coming up to Baltimore. Uh, on top of that, go to the next slide. Uh, we got a second night of worship in July. That's July 28th. Uh, and then in September, on September the 10th, we'll have our fall group launched. We cannot encourage you enough that if you want to grow in your faith, that you would get around the people of God with an open Bible and the Word of God, and together you would break open and learn how to apply that Word in your life by the Spirit's leading to become the disciple He's called you to be. There's a lot of leadership changes that have been going on in our church. Let me give you some of those as we get ready. Uh, we are an elder-led church uh, and uh, our elders serve on an active board. There comes different points in times in our life where we're not as uniquely available. Uh, most of us are raising kids and working through that. And we've had the honor of having Daniel as an elder here at this church for a very long time. Um, Daniel, we have seen Christ actively at work in your life as a follower of Jesus. I've seen Jesus at work in your life with your love for Jen and with your love for Harper and Trey. Uh, we've seen Christ at work in your life through your leadership that you provided our church, especially through a pretty tumultuous season that's in the not-so-distant past. Uh, you've endured criticism. You've endured discouragement. Uh, you've helped this church collectively stay unified and focused on the gospel. And I want to thank you because you're coming into a unique season where you need to be a business owner and a dad, and you're taking a step back in that role. But I want to encourage and thank you for what you've done as an elder on the board here at this church. And we want to take a second and honor you. Um, with that, we do have a, a gift as a sign of thank you to you. I think you will smile and enjoy it and make a core memory off of what we are, are sending you to do. Um, your job's not done. You're still called to be a man of God that loves the Lord in a way that sets the example for your family. And we need you to follow Jesus in a way that is mimicable for us here as a local congregation. And uh, we just want to continue to grow and learn from you as Christ works in you. And we want to bless you in this next season that you're about to go into that also means that we had to have someone that would fill the spot you were in. And Austin Page, who's been on our elder board in the past, is now uniquely available in a unique way to come back and be a part of what we're doing. And so I want to introduce you to Austin, who's been a part of this church from about day one. Uh, him and Amy, they have a rising high school senior at Burns who is a stud athlete and has the best hair in all of Burns High School, and uh, another son who went to God's uni I mean Clemson University uh, and is there at work at that school, and uh, we're just excited uh, about what God's going to do through you. We've obviously seen Christ at work in your life when you were on the elder board, and then we took a step back. In that unique season, we saw Christ at work through your life, and we're excited to have you back as a part of that team. On top of that, Kelsey Landers finished her master's degree, and yeah, uh, so she is a... Uh, she's been our pastoral admin, but in finishing that degree, she finished it in counseling, and we want to offer more robust lay counseling within our church. And so she's moving full-time into our discipleship department and helping us build out a lay leadership counseling department. Uh, so we can give it up for her, and she's got that going on. In the crazy way in which God has been working, we then had a teacher uh, that came to us and said, you know what, I feel like the Lord is telling me it's time to step away from that, and I don't know what this looks like, but I feel a drive to step in in some capacity, even if that means a significant pay cut, because uh, that's what happens. Yes, there's a such thing, teachers, as significant pay cuts. It's called <laughs> ministry or missions, and uh, she, she stepped up and is stepping in as the pastoral admin, so I want to introduce you to Logan Bushta and her <laughs> husband, Daniel. Y'all come on up with us. 
And, and so in a, in a few weeks, they're going to be jumping in and joining us in that. So a lot of change, a lot of uh, acknowledging the work of God in the season that we are in that's going on. And so I just want to take a second and pray over all of these individuals. So would you again join me in prayer? And then we've got a really big announcement to give you. You ready? Can we pray together? And so, Father, we uh, come before you with gratitude in our hearts uh, for the fact that this is not... Um, a church that is built on any single individual. It is about Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit through a collective body that has been gifted and equipped for the works of ministry that you called us to. And we thank you for seasons. We thank you for seasons where you call us to step up in a unique way within our church. We thank you for seasons where you call us to transition and step up in a unique way in other areas of our lives for your glory and your name and your renown. We thank you for the Pearson specifically the way in which uh, we've seen you at work in their lives, the work that you've done through Daniel and Jen, and, and the work that you will continue to do as they fill these new spaces that are going to require and demand more time. God, would you bless them? Would you bless their work? Um, as Jen's stepping out of teaching and stepping into the whole Pizza Inn world, as uh, they continue to raise two kids who are young and in a fun but busy stage of life, would you give them wisdom on how to prioritize the gospel and the kingdom of God in their lives? Would you uh, enrich them with community that would galvanize, encourage, and call them to be men and women of God? Uh, we thank you for the pages as they are stepping into a unique season in the church. Uh, Lord, would you bless Austin and Amy uh, as um, we look to Austin for wisdom, for uh, doctrinal clarity, for discernment, for uh, the ability to help us stay focused on the main thing. And we thank you for the gifts and the call that are on him. We thank you for Kelsey and Joe and just the myriad of ways that they serve our church. And we specifically uh, look with anticipation and expectation for what you're going to do through Kelsey in this upcoming season. And we ask your blessings over that and the benefit it'll be to the body to be able to get biblical counseling uh, in times of crisis and need. So we uh, ask your blessing on that, and God, for Logan and Daniel and the entire Busha family, we thank you for their sacrifice and the answering to your call to step in and help uh, an ADHD pastor be more effective, uh, along with someone who's more organized uh, on our pastoral team like Austin. And so Lord, we just ask a blessing over Logan as she steps into this role. And we lift all of what we have done and all of what we will be doing to you and ask your blessings over it, knowing that if we labor... And it is not by your spirit that the laboring is being done. And it is not for your glory in which the work is being accomplished. That at the end of the day, we have done nothing but vanity. But God, we believe that the best days for this church and for the ministry that you have for us are ahead of us. And we look forward now in anticipation for what that will look like. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Check this video out. This is the big announcement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I got to come and join the team, we were in a bit of a transition, a difficult one, and there was some property that we had been able to purchase down the road, uh, but needed to sell it uh, in order to work through some of the challenges that the church was going through. 
uh, because of the sale of that property and the initial investment that you made who were a part of that, we paid cash for the property next door. Um, yeah. Come on up. A few weeks ago, we closed on land. I can't tell you how valuable it is to have someone like Zach Johnson. He don't want to come up here by himself. Come on. Come on, Jordan. Zach's one of our, our elders. And uh, he's been annoyed by me for the better part of eight or nine months going, okay, where are we going to go? What is this going to look like? And we've thrown up all kinds of property options and opportunities, looking and figuring it out. Um, And we closed a few weeks ago on the property literally next door. So if anyone's like, well, you moved too far away, I will show up at your house. I will knock on your door. And everything I learned from WWE will probably be attempted. I would like to say in the name of Jesus, but it will probably be done in the flesh, and then I'll have to apologize in the name of Jesus for what I've done. Uh, We've hired an architect. He's flying in. We're meeting with him and getting initial plans drawn. We're in the preliminary stages of site planning right now. We're talking with banks to figure out our cost and loan amounts and what it's going to look like for us to make that next step. And we will be rolling out further details this fall at what it looks like for us to step into this next chapter and door that God is opening for us. Psalm 127.1 says this. Uh, Again, I quoted it just a few minutes ago loosely. It's a psalm for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem, a psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. Uh, For the better part of two years, God has been abundantly and beyond gracious to my family and to me as an individual, to us as a leadership team, and to our congregation, we have seen Jesus at work. It has been messy, it has been imperfect, but God in every story and in every season has been good. And we look to a good God who has been at work in our lives to lead us into the future that he has for us. And so I just want to invite you to stand to your feet as we close our service out. And we just want to ask God to bless what is ahead. What we've seen and what we believe is next and what we've yet to even have an idea is coming. If you're comfortable, would you take the hand of the person beside you? This is 1990s old school church. And uh, let's pray together. God, you are good. You are our beginning. You are our end. And you are with us in the story in the middle. You bring beauty from ashes. You have promised that in the suffering that still hurts, that you will get glory. And it is creating a peculiar glory that will echo in eternity for your name. And we trust you, that your way is good that your work is constant, that you are faithfully leading the way into the future that you have called us to, and therefore, because you are with us, we cannot fear. There's no need for it. You've cared for our past, you've endured us in the present, and you have a marked plan for our future that is on purpose for your kingdom, your glory, and renown. So God, we open our hands over our lives and over this church, and we ask that you would make Jesus' name, no, in the weeks and months to come. It's in his name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. May God bless you and keep you until we gather again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.